Welcome to Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. Now here is your host, Katrina Forseth, a missionary serving as state director for CEF of Illinois. Missions takes a team. And one of the best ways to learn about the importance of team and missions is by reading missionary stories in the annals of missionary history. I love missionary stories. I always have. I remember when I was three years old, sitting mesmerized on a floor listening to a CEF missionary tell the adventure-filled story of Hudson Taylor, the famous missionary to China in the 1800s. As years went by, my passion for missions has only continued to grow. You know, some people knit, others sew, and others tinker around with motor cars that go. But for me, I love to read missionary stories and immerse myself in the history of missions. One of the pioneer missionary heroes from history is William Carey, who is fondly known as the father of modern missions. William Carey was an English pastor in the 18th century who was burdened for the lost souls in India. Carey not only blazed a trail for missionaries, but he also helped establish a pattern for mission societies in raising up and sending out laborers for the Lord's harvest field around the world. Before there was a Hudson Taylor, a David Livingston, or an Amy Carmichael, or even a Jim Elliott, there was William Carey, who envisioned a missions community structure that would serve as a missionary sending board for the proclamation of the gospel. But how did this all begin? In 1792, in Kettering, England, 14 men crammed together in a parlor house known by others simply as the Gospel Inn. After much prayer and discussion, it was determined to launch a missionary society for the purpose of the propagation of the Gospel among the heathen, those who had yet to hear of the knowledge of Christ. You know, it's interesting that William Carey drew his model for a mission society from the business world and the shipping commerce of his day. Listen to William Carey's words as he takes pen to paper in his famous mission treatise called An Inquiry and maps out the future form of missionary boards and sending structures that we follow still today in modern missions. Carey says, Suppose a company of serious Christians and ministers and private persons were to form themselves into a society and make a number of rules respecting the regulation of the plan and the persons who are to be employed as missionaries, the means of defraying the costs and expenses, etc. Then Kerry goes on to say, this society must consist of persons whose hearts are in the work, men of serious religion and possessing a spirit of perseverance. These must be a determination not to admit any person who is not of this description or to retain him any longer than he answers to it. From such a society, Carey says, a committee might be appointed whose business it should be to procure all the information they should upon the subject, to receive contributions, to inquire into the characters, tempers, abilities, and religious views of the missionaries, and also to provide them with the necessaries for their undertakings. Even though what is written here is Carey's vision for establishing the mission, it would be a tremendous mistake to view William Carey as a lone ranger of missions who made it all possible. A year later, in 1793, right before Carey set sail for India as the first missions appointee, Carey said this incredibly insightful statement. He said, I will go down and descend into the deep mine to India if you will hold the rope. That rope will be held at both ends by Carey and his ministry team on one end and the mission board, the missionary society, and the ministry partners on the other. This rope was a three-fold cord that would not soon be broken. It would be bound and entwined together by a unified prayer team, a unified leadership team, and a unified ministry team. But before there could be a unified mission, there must first be unified prayer. 
1784, almost 10 years prior to the formation of the Baptist Missionary Society, there was a groundswell of unified prayer among God's people in England who were committed to pray fervently for revival and world evangelization. This was nothing less than a movement of God among his people led by ministers of the gospel, including William Carey. Once a month, congregations and fellow believers from the Northamptonshire Baptist Association gathered together for an entire day of fasting and prayer for revival in the worldwide advance of the gospel. The Lord was stirring the hearts of his people to come together in united and dependent prayer. Zechariah 4.6 would soon become their mission's motto and unified heart cry as God's people jointly proclaim, It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts. These unified believers knew they could accomplish nothing or attempt nothing in ministry apart from dependent prayer upon the Lord. Carey, always a careful student of scripture and of mission history, he was thoroughly convinced that the most glorious works of grace that ever took place had been an answer to prayer. But not only were God's people brought together through a unified prayer team, they were also welded together as a unified leadership team. During this time, William Carey and three men in particular forged a friendship together that soon formed into a bond of trust and unity. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God created within them a spirit of oneness of heart and oneness of soul. Three of these men served on the founding missionary leadership board and were Carrie's lifelong friends and also fellow ministers of the gospel, John Ryland Jr., Andrew Fuller, and John Sutcliffe. These men were nobodies from nowhere, but they were God's chosen men and God's chosen unified team. For decades, these men would serve faithfully with Carrie, standing side by side and shoulder to shoulder, even though they were a whole ocean and a half a globe apart. Andrew Fuller served as the first general secretary of the mission from 1792 until his death in 1815. Fuller was so committed to the work, it is said that he lived and died as a martyr to the mission. In addition to all his pastoral duties, Fuller crisscrossed the United Kingdom, promoting, funding, and recruiting laborers for the mission, as well as carrying on an extensive correspondence with both the missionaries on the field and the ministry supporters at home. Others even took note of this oneness and absolute core of unbroken trust between Carey and his unified leadership team. They observed that there was no tug of war here or push and pull over who's over who or a questioning of who's in charge concerning authority or control. Throughout their lifetime, these band of brothers in Christ poured out their hearts to one another in prayer-filled letters. They admonished and encouraged one another in God's word and gospel mission perseverance. Their union was deep, transparent, and real. Even when one or the other stepped out of line or needed a word of correction or a Christian brotherly rebuke, they did not hesitate to speak the truth in love to one another. For them, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen was real. It was lived out in real life as real friends. As the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens his friend's face. You know, there's a humorous pointed letter of this sharpening relationship between Carrie and perhaps his closest and dearest friend, Andrew Fuller, who served as the general secretary of the mission, where they seemed to be squabbling over Indian word spellings and accurate Bengali Bible translation. Fuller writes to Carrie, But you do not always spell like. Sometimes you write Moonshi, spelled with a double O, and other times Munshi, spelled without any O. If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who can prepare for the battle? 
Fuller goes on to say, you must again allow me to remind you of your punctuation. I never knew a person of so much knowledge as you possess of other languages write English so bad. You huddle half a dozen periods into one. Where your sentence ends, you very commonly make only a semicolon instead of a period. If your Bengali New Testament should be thus pointed, I should tremble for its fate. As you can see from this snippet of a letter, deep Christian unity doesn't always mean warm, fuzzy feelings or having a sweet moment around a campfire, holding hands and singing several rounds of kumbaya at a Christian camp. Sometimes biblical unity is pointed and plain talking until others, always out of a spirit of grace and love in Christ, get the point. This unified prayer team and unified leadership team eventually culminated into a unified ministry team on the mission field in India. For six long years, William Carey toiled in India, having little to no fruit to show for it. Then one day when Carey was almost at the end of his rope, fearing his own failure, two men and their families who had been sent out by the mission showed up on Carey's doorstep in God's providential time. William Ward, one of the new recruits, introduced himself to Carey and told him he was not only a pastor, but also a printer by trade. Carrie was overcome with joy and tears all at the same moment. For six years, Carrie thought he had accomplished nothing with no converts. Yet during this time, God had still been working both in him and through him according to God's plan. Carrie, during these early years of ministry, had immersed himself in the Indian language, not just because he wanted to, but because he had to, not only to converse with them, but to survive. In Carrie's spare moments, whenever he wasn't trying to put food on the table so his family wouldn't starve to death, Carrie, bit by bit, began translating the entire New Testament into the Bengali language. Yet at times, he didn't even know why he was even doing this, because he had no way to print it. Now, by God's providence and all by God's sovereignty, the mission had sent a printer along with a printing press and also Joshua Marshman, a teaching pastor and a gifted evangelist. Almost at once, the mission had leapt from one missionary to now three missionaries and their families, complete with a church, a printing press for pouring out new Bible translations, and later adding two mission schools for both boys and girls, and then eventually starting a mission college for the purpose of training national pastors to take the Word of God to their own Indian people in their own language. This newly formed band of brothers, William Carey, William Ward, and Joshua Marshman, became known simply as the Sarampur Trio. Their unity and ministry was not only evident to the eyes, but also to the ears, as the news of their unified mission was heard throughout the world, leading even the famed William Wilberforce and England's parliament to proclaim that the Sarampur Trio was one of the glories of England because of their brotherly unity in Christ reflected the glories of Christ. William Carey and his ministry team were not just co-laborers together, they were fast friends. As a unified team, they worked and labored together as they pounded out both their missionary philosophy and plowed up the rocks and the fertile fields of India, all for the sake of the gospel. And the result, the mission in India was a success. By 1821, over 1,400 mostly Hindu Indians had trusted in Christ as their Lord and Savior, and the effects of their gospel ministry is still felt to this day. Praise the Lord. But before we get too caught up and carried away with the glories of mission on the missionary field, let's stop and go back for a moment and remind ourselves how this unified ministry team and this mission was even formed. Do you remember what William Carey had said before he left for India? He said, I will go and descend into the pit if you will hold the ropes. 
by God's grace, the mission to India had not failed because both ends of the rope had been held. The unified prayer team of believers and churches, the unified leadership team of the mission, and the unified ministry team on the mission field. All of them together as one team had held the rope as one unbroken and unified line. Today, William Carey is listed as a missionary hero and known as the father of modern missions. But behind the man and standing alongside of him, side by side, is a team, God's team. This is the biblical model for a unified mission. When will we learn that to be on mission for God is never a one-man show? Mission is a work of God among his people that the Lord knits and sews together from eternity as a unified team all for his glory and for the building of his kingdom and the furtherance of the gospel from beginning to end. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you join us again next week. But until then, let's remember that missions takes a team. Thank you for joining us today for Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. To learn how you can partner with Child Evangelism Fellowship to reach children in your community, please call 309-688-9699 or visit cefofillinois.com. Please join us again next week at the same time for Telling Future Generations. Tell me again